Hey there, business building warrior. It's your buddy, Jim. And I've got two friends I'm going to introduce you to today. They're actually words that you need to get very friendly and very comfortable with. And it's a couple of F words, fear and failure, (laughs) fear and failure. We're going to talk about both of those today. I'm going to illustrate through my own story how properly seeing and embracing fear and failure have helped me so dramatically and many leaders on our team. I can't think of a successful business building warrior in my head who hasn't correctly identified the proper function of fear and failure in their life. And let me just start here. If you've been traditionally educated, the failure thing is a big one. You know, no one wants to be a failure. We're taught not to fail. You've probably heard this other places before, but I'm going to bring a new spin to it today that I doubt you have heard. It's one of the things that I put in a book that I'm working on, the, all the things, I've got dozens and dozens of things that I had to unlearn from my traditional education in order to succeed as a business builder. One of them is failure is not a bad thing. It's not even a neutral thing. It is a beautiful thing. You need to understand failure. You need to pursue it. Now, you never fail intentionally. But you do experiment constantly, which means you're going to fail occasionally. And let's put it to you this way as well. We had someone post in our Facebook group not too long ago, say, man, I think the reason I haven't started yet is because I have this fear of failure. It's been pounded into us. You don't want to fail. But remember this, the price of failure has to go into your equation. What's the cost of failure? What's the cost and the long-term damage of hearing the word no, for example? great example from our community just recently. Someone was selling a product successfully. They contacted the manufacturer and said, hey, I want to partner up with you. I've never done anything like this before. Are you interested? They were very nervous making this phone call. It led to a great partnership. What's the worst case scenario that would have come out of that? They would have heard the word no, possibly, right? The word no is not a painful thing. So, Some failures are bad. Yes, if you fail to obey traffic laws and you drive while intoxicated over a mountainous, cliffy, narrow road, well, that's a failure that's hard to recover from. So the word failure can mean multiple things, right? These minor failures that are required, these little tests that often don't work out, you've got to embrace and pursue those. You've got to befriend that word failure. And I'm going to illustrate some of the things I'm going to talk about today with some of my my books, some of the books that have been written that have meant a lot to me. One of them, I should have grabbed that. I don't have it here with me, but I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I, I could run and grab it. I don't know. I may do that. It's about 10 seconds away from me here, but let's talk about fear and doing it anyway. This book right here, it's sold and been read by an estimated 1 million people around the world because as you can see, it's in its 10th edition, right? That's the book that this podcast is based on. If you don't know the story behind the book, very briefly, when I started selling on eBay, this is, you know, we're coming up on 20 years ago, goofing around on eBay, and it started working. I had people asking me constantly, like, hey, how do you do that? That's cool. Can you teach me? Where are you sourcing your products? How do you, how do you run your business? Is this, could this be full-time someday? You know, aren't you nervous that eBay is going to suspend your account? I mean, this is like 16, 17, 18 years ago, right? People are asking these questions, and it's friends, it's friends family members. It's friends of family members. And I'm sending them these emails. I'm answering their questions. And finally, I put it all into a PDF document. And I said, here, just read this. Read this. This is what I'm doing. This is my approach to business. This is how it's working. 
this is my story. Here's all the questions I get asked. And that book was spreading around so quickly that I said, wow, maybe I should charge a little money for this. There's a lot of strangers reading it. So I started charging money. And that was edition number one of Silent Sales Machine, which has now matured into being so much more than my story. It's the story of this community. It's so many stories of people who went from nothing, homeless, broken, lost, desperate, bored, not challenged in their career, not liking their job, to building incredible businesses online, the strategies, the core strategies we teach. But the point I was making was fear. When I wrote that, I looked around the, the marketplace at the time of people who are writing books, how to make money online. And at the time, this book was about eBay. Now it's a lot more about Amazon because Amazon is half of all transactions on the internet. The United States, half of all the retail is Amazon now online. But at the time, it was all eBay. And I looked and there were thousands of books already written on the subject. And I was a little afraid, like, who am I to step out there? Who am I to step into the arena? Someone, that whole imposter syndrome kicked in very strong, even though it was a little 20 page document. I'm like, man, people aren't going to like this. They're going to pick it apart. They're going to hate it. They're going to think I'm a bad writer. They're going to critique me. I'm going to have a horrible reputation because my book just, you know, I'm not a great writer, guys. Remember, I was a C student. I've had a lot of help. I've, you know, I've, what I've learned is if you have a weakness, man, hire somebody to help you with that weakness. So jump forward in the story. I write this little 20 page document. It's now sold a million copies and some cool stuff like this is happening. You don't know what this is. A Japanese publisher. I have no idea what these words mean. I don't read Japanese. I know what these words mean, <laughs> but literally the rest of the book, if you flip through it, like legit Japanese. I had a Japanese publishing company, the biggest in Japan, actually contact me and say, hey, we noticed uh, this was about version nine, I think, of Silent Sales Machine. Hey, I noticed your book is selling really well on Amazon. It's one of the top business books and it's been on the charts for a long time could we purchase publishing rights for $5,000 and then send you a percentage of every book we sell? I thought to myself, wait a minute, you, I got the email and I thought, do you want to pay me to spread my message? Yeah. And I thought, well, why not ask for a little more money? They, they offered five. I'll say, I think I said 7,000 or 7,500. That was my counter offer. And they said, sure. They sent me a check, published it, sent me a bunch of copies. And you know, this is a guy who very average student. C. You know, I liked writing. I read a lot as a kid. I'm capable of writing. But I, even if I'd been poor at writing, you can dictate a book. You can speak a book into existence. You know, one of the links that I'll stick, I'm going to make myself a note right now, Service Publishing, Mr. Greg Perry. He runs Service Publishing, S-E-R-V-U-S, publishing.com. Now, full disclaimer, that's actually one of the companies that we own, that we help run. That we'll take any, any part of the book that you don't want to do, and we can even ghostwrite it for you, but get a book. And if you're afraid of it, get a book anyway. Here's, here's someone we talked into doing that. All right, here, you've heard us talk about this, right? From homeless to homeowner. I got to write the foreword for this book. We helped her out with this. We encouraged her. We, we told her, you know, get on stage, get in the spotlight, step out there, do it afraid, even if you're afraid. Because remember, fear and failure are two words you got to get very used to and very comfortable with, and do it anyway. Do it afraid. We're doing a Bible study at our house every uh, other week right now, going through Daniel Lappin's book, Business Secrets from the Bible. And that's the book that I could run out there and be right back with and hold it up for you. But that's the title, Business Secrets from the Bible. And do it afraid was a theme this last week. And you find many characters in the Bible who, you know, that's kind of the definition of bravery is, you know, they were afraid, but they did it anyway. I'm reminded, you know, one of the, one of the quotes that I really liked, it was a movie by, um, oh man, who was it? 
the name will name will come to me in a minute, but it was a, a father and a son, and they're on a remote planet, and it's just the two of them, and all these all these creatures are trying to eat them, and it's a scary sci-fi kind of thing, and it's Will Smith. Will, and I think it was actually his son Jaden Smith. That's who, that's right. It was one of his first movies, if I remember right. And I don't remember the name of the movie, but you can Google it and figure it out. But one of the lines in the movie is, son, fear is a choice. And at the time, I'm like, man, that's good. It's like, you've got to keep your wits about you. You've got to make the right decision. Fear is a choice. You get to turn it on and off. And while that makes a cool line in a sci-fi movie, I don't know that that's completely accurate. I think it's more nuanced than that. Fear isn't necessarily a choice. I mean, there are situations that any of us as humans could be put into, and no matter how strong-willed we are about, not, about choosing not to be afraid, we would become afraid. You know, and I don't have to, you, use, you can use your own imagination. I'm not going to look into scared little children here, but it doesn't matter how tough you are, you would become afraid. But what we do in those moments, yes, we do control that. We control how we act when we're afraid. That we do control. And I love that part of the message. And again, fear is one of these big words that can mean a lot of different things. Uh, you know, as Christians, we, we hear we should fear God. And some, some people who aren't Christians or don't believe in biblical truths would be like, why would I want to be afraid of God? That sounds like a horrible God. Well, you got to understand that fear in that context is it's a reverence. It's an awe. It's a respect. It's like, wow, that is someone and something that's so much greater than me that chooses to love me anyway. That's so much greater, so much more powerful. I mean, look what he created. Look what he's capable of. That, you know, so it's a fear based in awe and respect and honor. Not a you know, fear like, oh, that person's trying to come after me. I need to avoid them fear. There's different kinds of fear. The fear I'm talking about today is the kind that's keeping you from doing what you know you're capable of, even if it's taking a little step of putting some words on paper, writing a book, who knows where it'll take you, a million copies later, this podcast, being approached by all kinds of incredible people from around the world and getting asked to speak at events. People th- suddenly think you're really smart when you write a book. Best business card you can ever have. Now, sure, I've got some old business cards here. I take them out sometimes, not very often. But typically when I'm going to meet people and they're, they want to know what I'm all about, I'll take a few copies of the book. Cost me a few dollars each. And instantly you're established as the expert in the room on that topic. If you haven't written a book yet, write a book. Here, another, little, another little story. And, and for some reason, fear and failure and the topic of books kind of goes hands in hand to me because I look back at the different moments when I've written books, gotten them out there, that I was, I was afraid of the process. I was worried it would be a failure. It held me back. For some reason, I've never struggled with the, the internet day-to-day running the business. But when it came to books, man, you're putting your name in print on a permanent document and it's out there forever, no taking it back. And there was just something very permanent feeling about it. And fear and failure were very real for me in those moments. But this is, this is another one that was written. And since we're doing audio and video today, you can see this one, uh, for those of you just, who are just listening, you jump over to YouTube, you can see today's episode and see the books I'm holding up. I apologize, I should have said that sooner, but there is uh, an endorsement by Dave Ramsey on this one, which was super awesome. And every penny from this book went to and has gone to, since it was written, a great mission, a buddy of mine who uh, runs a great ministry out of Detroit. And every penny, even the advance that was given up front for that book, But when I first heard from a publisher and they gave me an advance and said, hey, here's $5,000, you know, write us a great book and we'll give you another $5,000 and then we'll give you a piece of every book. I thought, man, this is great, especially getting that first check. And then, holy cow, I was on this schedule, aggressive schedule. They wanted content and I was afraid, man, am I going to be able to keep up with this schedule? What have I gotten myself into? Is it worth it? Is this going to be 
And then especially once we decided to give every penny, I mean, the book's done well to a ministry, to a mission. Man, that was, I was afraid, have I done the right thing? Have we made the right decision here? Is this the right call? But in retrospect, those things where you plug ahead anyway, when failure and fear are on the table and you go forward anyway, those are the best moments to look back on. Especially when the true price is so small. And this is a point I really want to emphasize right now. The price of failure and the things that we're afraid of are just so minuscule in business right now. Never in the history of man has there been a better time to overcome tiny little fears and obstacles. You know, the fears that even just a couple hundred years ago people had were like, am I going to have enough food and water for my family tomorrow? Or even today? And even around the world, there's people who struggle with that, but far fewer people per capita than ever in any other time in human history. So the things we're afraid of now are, oh, if I write a little book, are people going to think I'm not that good at writing? Come on, you've got to get over that stuff. You've got to recognize the time period that we live in, the opportunity that we have, and the opportunities that come when you just say, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. Failure might happen. So what? What's the true cost of failure? It's the beauty of an Amazon business. That's why we love teaching Amazon strategies is because with Amazon, the cost of failure is a few dollars. You, you trial and error, trial and error. Take the Thomas Edison approach. Hey, tried that, tried that. I found 15 ways that don't work. I found 50 ways that don't work. But unlike many other entrepreneurs of the past, it hasn't destroyed you financially, this trial and error process. You've just learned a few little lessons. And eventually, far faster than 15 or 20 trials, you're going to find something that absolutely works. And uh, here's, a, here's another book I just happen to have on the stack. This is, if you don't know, this is one of my mentors. He worked at one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the United States, his whole career, wrote a book on leadership. And it's a great book, by the way. I learned a ton. And this is a guy I stay in close contact with. He was a second father to me in college. And long story there, he spoke at one of our CES events. Had him sign it, sign it for me. This is my signed copy. Uh, but the last chapter basically talks about the new kinds of leadership that are emerging in the world, who the new true leaders are. And it's not leadership by appointment. You know, a company picks and like, you, you're the leader and all these people must now follow you. You know, the corporate leadership, that's a real struggle for people because we want to follow people who are achieving. They've got credibility. They're creative. They're, you know, we're following them by choice. And if they stop being followable, we can choose to stop following them. It's, it's a relational type of leadership approach. Systematic approach to effective leadership. Great book. And the last chapter is all about this community and how we've set up our leadership structure in this community. Because it's pretty amazing to think that we've got you know, 120, 130 people on our team and no building, no real structure, no serious org chart of any kind. Although you know, we kind of all know who reports to who, but we've never like, forced it on anyone. And if people want to rise up in leadership, all you have to do is perform. And you're going to have more responsibility and make more money. You know, let's, as you help us make more money, there's going to be more there for you. That's our business approach. And it, it's a great structure. But it all started because I left. I was fired and decided not to go back into the corporate world. 16 coming up on, yeah, 16 years ago. That was my leap of faith. That was my, this could fail. I'm going to do it afraid moment. I've had several since then. It's gotten a little easier over time as you have more of a cushion that you've built up over time. But regardless of where you are, regardless of what your cushion is, regardless of what your support structure looks like, what your limitations are, 
if you're going to build a business, if you're going to truly have that liberty, the freedom to enjoy the schedule, the lifestyle that you want to go for, to support the causes you want to support, do the things with your time that you really want to do, serve people well, make money, it's going to require you dealing the right way with fear and failure. Do it anyway. Do it afraid. Test, 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 and you're going to fail, 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 and then succeed. That's what it looks like. Don't be afraid to fail. If you have fear, analyze it. That's where our, our group is so important. And I think I'll end here with this last story. You know, fear and isolation, that's destructive. If you're afraid and isolated away from a group that can support you and encourage you, that's really hard to overcome. Isolation is a deadly place to be. Uh, even biblically, you know, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. In the first couple books of, of the Bible, he was talking about Eve at the time, but he wasn't just talking about Adam and Eve. He was talking about all of us. It's not good for us to be alone. Any of us, male, female, never being alone. I, we were in, our family was in Guatemala and I got pickpocketed professionally, even though I was fully aware of the situation we were going into, I got pickpocketed by a true professional who knew what they were doing. And it, it took a group of them. But I was with our whole family. There were seven of us. We're going together. Our kids are much younger. Our, our daughter uh, was just an infant at the time. We were adopting her from Guatemala. So we were in the country for 100 days, very familiar with our environment. We're going through a market. And I started noticing it kind of, kind of started getting more crowded than it probably necessarily. It was already a crowded market, but it started getting really crowded around us. And I had kind of drifted from the family, not far, 10, 15 feet. You know, we were staying pretty close together, you know, young kids, my wife and I. And uh, but just a little 10, 15, maybe 20 foot gap where I would kind of pause to look at something. And then it got real crowded. My alarm bell should have gone off. I was isolating from those I was traveling with. And they, there was a group. And in retrospect, I think there were 10 or 12 people in on this pickpocket that happened because the first thing they did was isolate me. Then they forced me into a very narrow channel where had I been a little more bold or a little more aggressive, I could have gotten out of the aisle that they were kind of forcing me into. Because I'm like, I'm going to have to go down this tight little aisle and I'm going to have to get back around to my family. So they, they got me nervous. They got me a little separated. They got me distracted from where my group was going. And I'm over here kind of isolated now. And then they kind of trapped me into this little situation. And I wasn't ever afraid because the lady in front of me is an old lady, you know, with a baby. And the lady behind me who I figured out, she's just, just a larger lady that was kind of starting to tighten. They were kind of tightening in on me as we're going through this narrow path where you have to go kind of one at a time between these two booths. And I was there and the lady in front of me stopped and then backed up a little bit. So I ran into her because the lady behind me kept coming hard and pushed me, bang. So in that moment, I'm like bouncing between the two of them, bang, bang, separated from my family. I'm getting bounced around a little bit, very disoriented because my family is getting further away from me and the, and the crowd had kind of helped make that happen. And it was all very subtle. This all happened in like... 30, 45 seconds. But in that moment, that must have been when they grabbed my wallet because I had several things, fear going on in my head. And it wasn't like a mortal fear. It was just a separation and a little fear of, and I got to catch back up with my family. I'm getting a little separated here. I got to keep an eye on the other kids. So they knew they intentionally set up a scenario where I was distracted. I was a little afraid. I was separated. I was isolated. And that's when they took advantage. And so I just want to encourage you, if you don't have a community, hey, our community stands by ready to support and encourage. There's no stupid questions. I ask questions all the time. I've been doing this 20 years and the list of stuff I don't know dwarfs the list of stuff I do know. We're all new to this. And here we have a company, an eight-figure business, and we've sold all kinds of products and courses and coaching and high 
end uh, masterminds and people seeking us out. And I'm here openly admitting the stuff I don't know is massive compared to the stuff I do know. So don't be afraid to be in a group, ask questions, do it afraid, jump in, introduce yourself, tell us about yourself, and let's build something special together. What do you say? Yen? All right. Hey, God bless you, business building warrior. I hope you found this encouraging. And fear and failure, make sure you got a good perspective on those because those can keep you down and keep you from your dreams and keep you from becoming what you know you could be, what God wants you to be, what you are made to be. You got to treat them the right way. So hopefully this helps you a little bit today. Hey, let's discuss it. If you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment. If you want to go to silentgym.com slash podcast, there'll be a link if you're watching on YouTube to that. You can see a whole bunch more episodes. Only a few of our episodes are on YouTube like this one. Or if you're listening today, you know, of course, you can go to, like I said, silentgym.com slash podcast anytime. Leave us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review wherever you're watching. We sure appreciate that too. Hey, God bless you, business building warrior. We're going to do this again real soon. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.